Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Divi, the modern financial platform for business. See how you can spend smarter at getdivi.com. We're going to talk to Jody Genesee coming up here momentarily. And uh, we'll get Jody's thoughts on uh, not only his great piece about Morgan Scally as he's been covering the youths for the Deseret News, but also his thoughts on uh, on Jerry Sloan's passing. He uh, Jody has written a book about the jazz, and, of course, he ta- uh, he covered the jazz for a long, long time. So certainly looking forward to talking to our friend Jody. Yes, uh, always a pleasure. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's get him on. Austin is is working on it, so we'll talk to Jody. We'll talk to Jody coming <laughs> Come up on, here momentarily. Snap two. Uh, we'll also get Jody's thoughts as somebody who did cover the NBA for a long time on the uh, uh, the NBA coming back and uh, what we're going to see with sports, and we'll get his thoughts on if we're going to see a college football season as well. All sorts of good stuff to uh, talk to Jody about. Before we get Jody on, what do you think it's going to look like in Orlando when the NBA gathers there? I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? What it'll look like? Are they all going to be spread out in different hotels? Is that the way it's going to work? I would guess. Yeah, I, I would guess that uh, I don't know what the room situation is down there at the Wide World of Sports, but Disney World in general is capable of hosting you know, thousands and thousands of people. So, yeah, I, I bet you teams would get designated particular hotels. And uh, Will some be of higher quality than others? I don't know. You know what? I was reading about that, how... You know, is the NBA going to have a hierarchy hotel system where the better the player, the better the hotel room? Because NBA teams are, are used to a certain um, st- uh, standard when it comes to lodging. It's in the CBA. And so usually it's easy, easy to keep that equal, right? In this yeah. situation, it, it might not be so. I wonder if it's going to – should they rank them according to record? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works, Gordon. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's get out to the uh, Sprint special guest line. Uh, joining us now from the Deseret News. Uh, you can read him at uh, deseretnews.com. Of course, he's our good friend Jody Genesee with us here on The Big Show. Jody, hello. How are you and yours? Everybody doing all right? Yeah, we're doing well. Thank you. Good. Good to chat with you guys. Good to talk jo- to you. Jody, let me, let me start by asking you your thoughts on the civil unrest that you're you're witnessing. It's on everyone's mind right now. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's just surreal. I mean, it feels like we're, the other day, I, I, several people said this, but we were watching a rocket be shot up into space and, and our, t- our civil unrest and riots and protests about uh, civil rights. It was just kind of crazy and uh, just seemed like we were back in the 60s a little bit so it's it's kind of hard to swallow but on the other hand i'm i'm hopeful that something good will come out of this that uh will you know give people uh when you kind of personalize it when you when you have people like tony jones from the athletic or or many of my friends i had a friend the other day who stepped in front of a 7-eleven his video went viral and and he stops people and he's a black kid from kearns that i grew up with when when you realize that that these people that that are of a different color and a different ethnicity than you have a different experience in life than you can imagine, and you just sit back and think, "Gosh, I've never, as a white 
males, Utah, feared walking out and driving and being stopped by the police. I've never feared for my life. If we can all just think about how difficult it is for these people from different backgrounds and ethnicities, what they have to go through, it's just not fair. And I think that that's really changed my my viewpoint over the years, just personalizing it with people that I know and, and love. And they should, we should all have the same rights and the same experience in life. And until that happens, I mean, I, I think that we need to protest. We need to have uh, people, you know, standing together and, and making change. Jody Guinnessy of the Deseret News with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Read his work at Deseret.com. Sorry, Jody, I know it's been like a year and I'm still getting used to that. But you're uh, also author of the book 100 Things Jazz Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. And not to get the interview started on, on two kind of tough subjects at the same time, Jody, but uh, Jerry Sloan did pass. You covered uh, Jerry and uh, the jazz. And, of course, you talked about him at length in your book. I wanted to give an opportunity to hear your, your thoughts, memories, wherever really you want to go talking about jerry yeah i had an opportunity to to write a column the other day uh the day after he or the day that he passed away and uh boy i i got onto the jazz beats uh just at the end i became the full-time jazz beat writer the year that he actually uh surprised us all and resigned and retired midway through the season so i didn't get a lot of up close and personal uh experiences with jerry but boy it was quite the adventure when whenever i was with him um a couple of days before one of my favorite stories about jerry sloan two days before uh that infamous chicago game where uh darren williams ran the wrong play and jerry decided he had had enough we were in sacramento and jerry was explaining how to defend the pick and roll and i happened to be standing to his left with my taper with my uh, digital recorder up uh, towards his face and he swung his left arm out and hit my arm and my recorder just went flying and it hit the uh, Arco arena floor and just burst into several pieces and so I scrambled to put it back together and I came back over there and Jerry didn't miss a beat he kept on going and I get back there and he's like if I broke that bleeping thing, he didn't say bleeping. <laughs> I'll buy you a new one. And then later that night, he said he, he warned me that I might want to keep a, a proper space from him. And I, you know, I had a good time uh, joking back and forth with him about that. But he was, I mean, I grew up in Utah, so it was, I grew up as a, a fan of Jerry Sloan and then got the opportunity to work with him and, and see him up close and personal with the jazz and that was a tremendous opportunity he scared me sometimes i'll be honest sometimes he didn't he didn't like some of my questions i remember one time i asked him if he was considering toying around with his lineup and he looked at me sternly and said i don't toy this is my job (laughs) so jody what was your overall experience like covering the jazz Overall, it was just a tremendous experience. Uh, it was kind of wild because that first year, Jerry resigned, and then the franchise player, Darren Williams, was was traded away, and then the NBA had the lockout. Uh, I I thought Jazz fans and NBA fans were going to throw me over the, the side of the ship. I was I was bad luck. Uh, it was it was interesting during the Ty Corbin years, as you know, the Jazz tried to figure out who they were and which direction they were, and they wanted to go, and then uh, 
Quinn Snyder and Dennis Lindsay uh, really started turning things around there. So that it was it was a very interesting ten years that I covered the Jazz. Not a whole lot of playoff wins, but there were some fun playoff series against the Clippers and uh, the Thunder. And uh, I would have I, I did get the ch- I did get the chance to cover the Jazz a little bit back when they went to the finals. But I was just the high school writer and. And everybody was like all hands on deck. So I got a chance to write some back then when they were elite. So it would have been fun to cover them a little bit more, you know, if they were a better team, because I went through some pretty rough years. But overall, it was an excellent experience. Jody, as a guy who covered the NBA for uh, so long, what do you think about the process of the NBA coming back in the bubble situation in Orlando and thoughts on this process and how it plays out? Oh, it's just so weird. I I miss sports so badly. Uh, you know, we're we're watching all these reality TV shows or whatever. You're, I I wa- I miss sports so much that I watched a marble race, uh, a marble Olympics on YouTube the other day. Just some people put together some some weird competitions. Uh, I I put my uh, my iRobot vacuum cleaner, did some uh, little games with it. So we desperately need sports back. Um, but it's, it just seems weird, some of the ideas that the NBA has. I mean, I like that they're, they're brainstorming, but some of the stuff they're throwing up against the wall just seems a little bit odd. I, I don't know how you can do it. So, I mean, I guess I'll take whatever we can get, but it just seems a little bit bizarre. I, I'd almost rather them put uh, some of them in, in Orlando and some in Las Vegas and then uh, get everybody involved and then have some type of playoff, but... I don't know. It's, and, and when you hear that it's not till the end of July, I mean that's just that just seems a long time away. Let's get let's get going. How difficult, Jody? Do you think it'll be to get all these sports back up and running again? Man, I, I just really don't know how they are going to do it, especially with once you get the fans involved and just there's so many people that it takes to put on a sporting event. So. And some of those people are, you know, traditionally now they're considered at high risk for, uh, you know, the COVID-19 having to inflict serious damage on them and health, uh, you know, issues. So it's going to be really tough. I I don't think we're going to see, like, normal sports back for a year or two, honestly, with a full stadium. Just I, I think they need to err on the side of caution at first, I I do think that it's. I mean, it all boils down to money, really. So you, I think we'll see a college football season. I, I like the the direction we're going there with the Pac-12. You know, they're going to start up on on uh, June fifteenth, letting uh, the student athletes come back to the arenas, and in most NBA teams have already opened up their practice facilities again. So I like that we're starting to head in the right direction. It's just going to. It's, it's going to take a while before we get there. So, uh, boy, it's but it, they have to be careful because you don't want to, you know, get a second wave and put players or trainers or ushers or fans or anybody at risk, really. Jody Genesee of the Deseret News with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jody, let's talk a little bit about your story over the weekend about Morgan Scally. Uh, of course, as you uh, are covering the beat uh, for the Deseret News now, tell us uh, kind of inspiration for the story, what you learned, what you wanted to get uh, through to the reader. Yeah, I, I think if there's been an off season or a, a lockdown MVP 
at least from, you know, I'm covering the University of Utah now with Dirk Facer and Mike Sorensen for the Deseret News. Uh, Morgan Scally, the defensive coordinator for the Utes, has just upped his Twitter game to another level. It's uh, And you guys know that I'm on Twitter a lot. <laughs> so I, I, I follow these things. He, You can tell, like, what is important to Morgan. And it's faith, his family, football, and he just has kind of a, a quirky, fun personality as well. So he's throwing all that stuff out there. And I, and I love it because he – is just promoting his the current players, the guys that were going to the NFL. He did uh, player uh, scouting reports on all 10 defensive players that were uh, going into the draft. Um, he's done – the most popular thing he did was uh, he decided that he wanted to do uh, a little bit of a – a tribute to a Utah man a fight song. And so he called up over 60 different former athletes and coaches and other people involved with the program, like Holly Rowe and Bill Riley. And he got Urban Meyer. He got also Alex Smith. He got a bunch of different players uh, to sing little snippets. He even got Norm Chow and George Seifert to <laughs> sing little snippets of the Utah man fight song. And then he, with the help of the video staff, spliced it all together. And it turned out to be, I mean, it was horrible music, but it was really fun to, to see how many different guys got in there and how excited they were. And, and at the end, they all yelled, go Utes. And it, it was a really fun tribute. And it was really well received. He said he wanted to do it because he felt bad. The fans had missed uh, an opportunity to watch spring football. And then there's all the uncertainty with whether football is going to come back in this fall and, and whatnot, but he wanted to, to give it back to the fans. But I, I like that his attitude is he wants to show, he, he wants to highlight all the Utah uh, athletes, and uh, whether it's academically or what they're doing on the field, positive. He wants to just flood his social media sphere with positivity about the Utes. And there is so much to be positive about the University of Utah right now. He wants to do it both to, uh, you know, make the players that are there feel good about themselves and know that their coach has their back. But he also wants to show recruits, hey, look at what kind of program we have. We're taking care of these guys from day one to the, for the rest of their lives. You know, they're they're part of our family. So, what do you think that defense will look like with uh, so many replacements uh, being necessary? Oh man, that's it's such a good question. I think they only have Mike Tafua and, and Devin Lloyd coming back. So it's, but they had some good depths, and so I, I, I like the the depth that they had. But to lose that many nine or ten starters is just off of such a good, especially up front. Uh, that defensive line was just elite, and they had the secondary that was top notch. So that's going to be a, a tough. It's hard to imagine that they'll be at the same elite level next year as they were this past year. That just seems too big of a leap to make. But uh, they love a lot of the guys that they have in the system, and some of the guys got some good backup. And they had uh, they learned under terrific players this past year, so they had some good tutors. But I think it'll be a, a year or two before uh, the youth get back to the level that they were this past year. But uh, you know, they've got some good offensive players coming back, too, but then, then they have to get a new quarterback and new running back. So it, it'll be a, an interesting year at the U. At the U. It's, you can tell, though, that um, 
the respect that people have that they're still getting picked to finish second or third in the Pac-12. And uh, it shows me that Kyle Whittingham's really built himself a program where he can kind of reload instead of, uh, you know, rebuild every year. Jody, give us a percentage or odds on uh, if you think Morgan Scally will be the next head football coach at Utah. Oh, man. I, you know, a lot of us in the media go back with Morgan clear back to his Highland days. And and I actually was fortunate enough. We started the Deseret News, uh, Mr. Utah, Mr. Football was the prep editor. And he was our first. It came down to Morgan Scally or Reno Mahe. I mean, I really could have just given it to both of those guys. And, and uh, they both certainly deserved it. But Morgan is just, he is just an amazing person. Forget the, the football stuff. He is just a great leader. He's a great man. Uh, but then you throw in his football savvy, he, his love for the players, his passion for the University of Utah, his knowledge of the game, his uh, the way he interacts with with players and recruits. And I, I can't think of a better person than Morgan Scali to take over not that anybody's trying to chase Whittingham out of town, but I, I would think that it was a really high percentage that, that Morgan Scally would be the next coach at the U. I think that, you know, that's why they extended his his contract uh, last year and, and wanted to secure him within the organization for as long as they can. And I would, I mean, I, would, I think it's 95%. I, I have a hard time envisioning anybody else be the next coach. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think he is in perfect position to take over, and I have great respect for him. What do you think of the Utes football coaching staff overall? Well, I I think that's where, I mean, they not only have I, – I, I look at it kind of like the, the Utah Jazz. They, they have guys who are good game day guys, but they also are – I think their strength really is their development and, you know, like building guys from – they're not getting these five-star players. They're, they're getting, you know, a few four-star guys, more three-star guys. But they're really taking good players and turning them into great players. And that happens, you know, that happens right now. That happens in spring and the summer. And I think that's where these really have some, some strength in their coaching staff and and where you can, you know, you, you see that too with how many guys over the last four years have gone in the NFL draft. And uh, so I, I think that you want to, they have the the issue with the offensive coordinators were such a uh, big turnover year in and year out. And so that was a, a cause for concern. But now that seems to, you know, solidified. And the longer that they can keep the stability, the better off they'll be because I think what they have right now is a really top-notch, top-tier, upper-echelon coaching staff. Jody, we appreciate you coming on so very much. We're glad you are well. Enjoyed the piece on Morgan Scally. Keep up the good work. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jody. Jody Genesee. Uh, our good friend from the Deseret News, again, Deseret.com. And just to uh, give Jody's book another plug, because uh, uh, he did a great job. Uh, he released it, what was it, Gordon? It was last year, I yeah, believe. I think so. um, mm-hmm. 100 Things Jazz Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. Many places to get it, including Amazon. Uh, so check it out. 
Jody Genesee, one of the good ones, no doubt about it. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll get the sounds of various clips, also known as Drop of the Day. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Um, Gordon, we had kind of we had talked about this last week, and we had planned to do more Casey Kasem outtakes today. But I think we're going to divert from the plan a little bit, if you don't mind. As, okay. As things continue to uh, to unfold, uh, news coming out now that uh, we will have uh, a curfew all week long in Salt Lake City from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, some things happening with President Trump in, uh, in Washington, D.C., addressing the media. I mean, things are just very, very serious right now. And uh, earlier in the show... Um, we played a clip from Steve Cleveland from uh, DJ and PK, and it's about six minutes long. And uh, Gordon, I don't mean to misquote you, but your reaction was, man, I could hear that every day or something along those lines. That, uh, And I thought, maybe you want to replay that again? Yeah, let's Sh- do Should it, we man. get that out again? Yeah, I do. Uh, radio's not linear, and many of our listeners didn't hear it. Uh, and if you did hear it, you probably uh, wouldn't mind hearing it again. Yeah. And so uh, we thought, let, let's do that again. We'll, we'll save the laughs for, for another day. Let's, uh, this is coach, former BYU coach Steve Cleveland, who was on with DJ and PK this morning, and he was asked if, if sports uh, can be a unifier in society. Well, I, I think you can bring people together in ways that hardly anybody else can. And, I, and what we're what we're seeing here, there's so many layers to to this ignorance and selfishness, and you know, and, and, and that a lot of people have used a lot of different words. I, I think Dale Murphy over the last few years, you know, the systemic issues that we have, they are systemic, and these uh, is not just the United States; it's throughout the world, and. Uh, so when I think about sports and I think about the character traits that one must have to be selfless, to be hardworking, to be a good teammate, to uh, help a guy up, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that you can't find prejudice and uh, racism in, in, in teams and organizations uh, of sport, but you see a lot less of it there than you would uh, what we see happening in the real world. And if you take the take the attributes of good teams, you know, the, that's those are the things, uh, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe that, you know, we uh, I love God and I love other people and I equally and that's that's, what, that's how I'm going to live my life. And, and we, we love each other and we support each other. And that's what we see teams doing. And that's why when we see teams come together, they're so united. They, we, we've talked a lot about culture, but that culture, you know, in, includes uh, treating people with respect, treating people, trusting people. You know, all the character traits that make intangibles and make teams great are the things that are that are missing in our society amongst uh, different factions of people. And I'm not here to characterize any particular group, but at the end of the day, we're, we would be really naive to think that uh, there are a lot of things that have been going on for a long, long, long time. The starkness, 
I think it was Martin Luther King who said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Only love can do that. Well, you know what? I've been on teams where you, you, when the season's over, that's one of the first things that guys talk about is how much I love playing with his teammate, how much I respected him. And those qualities that we learn as small children growing up in our homes or wherever, our churches, whatever, you know, those are the things that are missing in our world right now. And it is problematic and it is, it's painful to, to see the insensitivity towards others of color or gender or whatever, the, whatever it is. I mean, I, um, it, it's hard for me not to bring my faith into, not, not my church, but my faith into the fact that, you know what, we, we got to be treating people better and we shouldn't stand for this. And uh, it's, uh, we, we need more inclusion. We need to be more humble. We need to be kinder. And, uh, and so the one thing that sports does, uh, no matter what color they are, whatever their what background is, whatever their economic financial situation is going on, they're together. And that's always been there. I mean, that's the one thing about sport is that it's always been there. And for the fan base, it's something that they can connect to and be a part of that family as well. And, you know, if we treated uh, other people like we do our family and our favorite teams and favorite players with such adoration and love, well, you know, everyone deserves that kind of attention and respect. And so if you just look at your own life and see where you feel the safest, you know, it might be following your favorite team or a favorite coach or someone in your family. But there's always th that love and, and that respect. And there isn't uh, what we're seeing today. And, and I, I think, you know, sometimes you got to learn to walk in other people's shoes. And, uh, and I, do, I, I do like the idea. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not on social media as much as you guys are, but I, I, I watch enough and hear enough to see athletes black athletes, white athletes, Asian athletes that are stepping up and, and sharing that, you know, we, we can't tolerate this. We, we, we can have a say in society. And you know what? These athletes can. And uh, the thing that was disturbing to me is watching communities in, in your own, like you said, in your own community in Salt Lake to see, to see what happened and how, how that deteriorated so quickly. To from completely away from the point of the whole purpose of peaceful protesting and recognizing the absolute wrongs that are going on in society, and then to do the looting and the destruction and 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 and, and oftentimes uh, people of color's businesses. I mean, it's just insane. And so, yeah, I do believe that sport is a good thing, but it can't be just to get our mind off it. That they have to have a voice. I, I think our athletes and our coaches and the community leaders have to have a voice in this, and it needs to be heard. And I, I think that offends some people. They get they get uncomfortable with that. They will way past getting uncomfortable. We've been mistreating people in this country for a long, long time. And so, who who do people who do the young people look to? They they look to their athletes. They look to people that are in the public eye. And when someone can get in the public eye and speak intelligently about how we should treat each other, I think it's a really, really good thing. And so I, I think that added responsibility of being a role model, we all, you know, nobody wants, I'm not, not, not a role model, I'm not a role model. You know what, we need role models. If you're gonna, you're gonna take on and put the hat on of being a professional athlete, you, you've gotta understand that people are watching you and that they, they looking at your example, and in a world where things, a lot of things are broke, 
these athletes have no idea. I saw them have no idea of the influence for good that they can have. So I'm all for King. I have no problem with uh, an athlete or anyone in any profession stepping up and saying something that's intelligent and well thought out and that's kind and loving towards another man or another woman. So, uh, yeah, I, I believe sports can play a big role in this. Again, man, he he just put that so well, and I'm glad we we played the whole thing. There's a guy from a lifetime experience of building teams, Gordon. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I I really liked his message. I'm glad we played that again. I I think Steve is is very wise uh, with his words today, and I I I for one really appreciated that. Man, I need to people need to hear that more uh, that kind of thought, and it's terrific. Meanwhile, I'm watching pictures of police beating up a, pro- a cameraman as he's trying to film the protesters. I just can't we come together and fix these things? Can we come together and fix these things? I mean, can we can we uh, take control of a bad situation and make the freaking world make our country better than this? Man, I just don't know what's going on with uh, with everything right now. People have the reason there are protesters is because there is real anger and frustration with the way certain people are being treated. I don't understand why that can't be heard. See, I mean, it's like somebody trying to promote peace and someone coming along and beating them over the head with a stick. Crazy to me. Yes, one. Uh, it, it is crazy. I mean, just and now just we have a, we times. have a curfew in our city for another week. And I'm and I'm I'm reading up on on the message President Trump stand, uh, sending out there, and now they're we're we're mobilizing the military, which just does not seem wise to me. I mean, it's just uh, it's 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 frightening. It's frightening. Yeah. And and again, I'm glad we played Coach Cleveland's thoughts again because it's something that, that I needed to hear again. I wanted to hear again. And we, you know, I want sports back for this reason. You know, the messages. and Can you take the same things that are involved in team building and, and have society building? Well, there's some lessons there, 100%. I mean, it works, right? Just like what Steve was talking about. Yep. Come together. Treat each other with respect. You know, uh, support one another. Even if you have disagreements, disagreements are fine. Nothing wrong with that. Talk it through. Listen to one another. And move forward in a positive way. Just, that's, uh, and our country should be built on those things. And I know in some cases it hasn't been. But it should be now. I'm not saying it's simple. It's complex. But I think it can be accomplished. Maybe I'm just a fool, but I but I I think it. I, I mean, there's always going to be a fringe element. I get that, but as far as society on a whole, man, we can fix this. We can fix this. All right, uh, we'll have more coming up next. Uh, we'll we'll try to get back to a sports topic. We'll revisit our conversation uh, about the NBA. Stay tuned. It is the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone. And if you let them hold you, oh, I'll breathe. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Divi, the modern financial platform for business. See how you can spend smarter. 
at getdivvy.com. Gordon, I want to revisit and maybe take a different angle on a conversation we had earlier today. And just to kind of sum it up, Major League Soccer, uh, Real Salt Lake, their players did not show up for practice today, uh, expecting a possible lockout from owners. Uh, they're apart by about 1.5% on reduced salaries, which doesn't seem too far uh, to me and you, or to you and me, uh, the the owners put out a proposal. The players countered, where they accepted most of what the owners proposed, except for they are apart that percentage and a half. And the owners now reportedly are threatening lockout. Compare that to Major League Baseball, Gordon, where I put most of the onus on the players, who seem to be the unbendable ones in Major League Baseball, where they won't even uh, appreciate the situation to introduce a temporary concept of a revenue split, which I. Uh, I think drastic times come for drastic measures, but isn't it? Am I am I processing that weirdly? Am I a hypocrite where I think the owners are at fault uh, for the most part in one sport and the players in the other? I don't know. It's different circumstances. Uh, I, I see fault on both sides in baseball, uh, but uh, if you're one point five percent apart, come on, come on, that is absolutely solvable. Get that taken care of. If there, if I were a soccer fan, I'd really be ticked off right now about that kind of impasse. Uh, it seems reasonable to think they will get it fixed, but drawing lines like that and saying we're not go budging off of this when you're that close, come on, you can get that fixed. Yeah, I I agree. And in these times, man, let's we we've all yeah. got to be amenable. Let's be flexible. Let's. Let's take a positive step. I, I mean, a big theme of today's show, I, uh, Gordon, has been, you know, sports being a unifier. You know, we played uh, Coach Cleveland's comments in the last segment. We played him earlier uh, in the day as well. We need a little bit of that. And I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, the protests and, and, and things downtown. I, I'm talking about this COVID mess. I'm talking about life right now. We need it. We need it. We need yeah, sports. I, I agree. And I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that the COVID-19 thing will eventually be taken care of and that some of the society's issues can be realized and processed and taken care of. Uh, I have to I want to think optimistically here, Jake, you know, and sports is a part of that. Sports is something everybody enjoys. uh, And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing people enjoy something that they've missed. That, you know, might not be all that important, but it's important from the perspective of, of, of trying to find a place where you can uh, you, you, you don't have to stress or worry too much for a period of time. Right. And, and with baseball, you know, I almost want to I get, I get setting precedent. I, I understand that. And precedent, uh, you know, sometimes isn't the most understanding of circumstances, right? But in this case, you know, I would say to Major League Baseball players and and uh, Major League Soccer owners, for that matter, you know what? Stop work later. You know, if you think a work, if you need a work stoppage to to reestablish things the way that they were, knock yourself right out. But now, let's figure out a way to get it done. Let's get us through this. Let's get the country right. through this, and let sports play a role in that. You can talk about precedent all you want, but this is a one-year thing. This is one strange year. I don't think it's a precedent setter at all because nothing like this has happened. Well, certainly not for 100 years it hasn't happened, and nothing like this will probably happen for another long time. So, I mean, it's a one-time deal that you can find a solution that you ordinarily would not rely on, and you don't have to rely on it in the future. 
So recognize the situation for what it is presently and move forward from there. It, 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 and go back. You don't have to live by this beyond this season. Yeah. Right? Well, they, in Jake. theory, I think that's what they're worried about, Gordon. I think that's pretty easy to say, but... Yeah, but they're the freaking players union, and I don't think it's going. I don't think they're relinquishing power here. It's it's a one-time situation, and I do think there's fault on the side of the owners too. I think they, they both of them can move in a in a better direction. But it, it's not like oh man, okay, you agreed to this under the COVID nineteen circumstance where the season had been had been postponed for halfway through and now we're gonna hold you to this moving forward from this point. That is the standard that's being set. That is not true. That is not true. And I think the players union is powerful enough to to make that clear. Say, okay, we're gonna do you a solid right now. We're gonna do this for the good of the game, for the good of the fans right now, but we ain't gonna stick by this moving forward. This is a one-time deal. Make it clear, and then go back to playing ball. I really wish, Gordon, and I, I, I'm certainly not saying you're wrong. I just wish it was that simple. I really do. And, and maybe, maybe it's, it, it's, it's this. The trust isn't there. It's not. The, the trust isn't there. I mean, the, to, to go down that direction, there has to be some trust between the players and the owners. Here's, here's where the NBA really has it going right now, is that there's trust in Adam Silver. I think we've seen yeah. that all the way through this process, from the owners mm-hmm. to the fans to the players, that there's yes. a certain level of trust in Adam Silver that doesn't exist between Major League Baseball and its players for a variety of reasons. And it's not there. And what you're, what you're talking about requires trust on both sides. And I don't think it's there for Major League Baseball. And I, it really doesn't appear to be there for Major League Soccer. Well, it's one thing to use a pandemic as an excuse to cut back salaries. It's another to do it for one freaking summer. I, I hear you. I just wish it I don't think yeah. it's that simple. I, and, uh, well, I know it's not that simple, but that's the thrust of it, isn't it? Shouldn't it be? It should. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. It's, and I think it, you're, you're seeing this in some some businesses. You're seeing them use the pandemic as an excuse to roll things back for the foreseeable future. And th- th- that's uh, OK. I get the players having a problem with that. But if you're saying, look, this is a this is really an anomaly and we need some 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 uh, uh, almost weird uh, kind of uh, uh, accommodation here that we're not going to ask for in the future, just right now. And if it takes trust to come to that point, then that's what it takes. But I'm starting to think, and based on what I've read, there are owners out there who are willing just to cancel the season in baseball. Uh That's not exactly a particularly optimistic uh, thing uh, to consider right now. But I think, and I don't know whether that's that's a large number or whether it's growing or whether it's just a, uh, a radical few. Now, and I think that there are players that are going to refuse to play. I, I think there's yeah. that on, on both sides in, um, in Major League Baseball, and I think that sends a terrible message, and I think it's, it's catastrophic. We had this discussion last week, I think, talking about, uh, I, oh, it was when we were talking about Damian Lillard. You know, it's, it's one thing. I'll listen to any player who raises concern over safety with COVID-19, 
uh, I'll, I'll listen to that. They have the right to I- express those reservations and concerns, and I hope that it's considered uh, within their union, you know, because the, the union is supposed to represent the players. And, and in this unique circumstance, I certainly understand that. I don't, and I think most fans out there don't understand squabbling for money for whatever reason. So trust there or not trust there, Gordon, I think you're right. They need to get to that solution that you're talking about because I really don't see another one. But the lack of trust is my... It, it's what's going to prevent us from getting there. And then both sides take their ball and go home, quite literally. Well, see, th- this is why it's important to have the deal work both uh, in both directions. Because if one side is perceived to be winning, win the deal, right, then the other side is going to resent that. And in both cases, the other side is powerful enough to have this have detrimental effects for years to come. And that could be – so nobody should be trying to screw the other guy. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's got to be – that's got to be just blown right out of the room. Yeah. And if you have to start all over again, then start all over again. But make it clear that you're looking for solutions for right now, and you're not going to hold anybody to anything that is rele- that's connected to this season in the seasons yet to come. You just you can't do that, and if you do, you're just begging for labor strife. Gordon, real quick here at the, the tail end of this segment, I want to take just a moment to remind our listeners, especially if our listeners are, are out there and uh, you know, uh, uncomfortable and sad like a lot of us are and, and want to do some good. Uh, the the blood drive with the Larry H. Miller Group started today and the American Red Cross here at the Arena, Gordon. And you you should, you know, folks are coming and going. It's great. I, I took a look at the, the setup out there where the floor would be. And uh, they're they're ready to go. It's uh, the Driven to Assist Blood Drive. It started today. It goes until Friday. There are appointments available for you from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So here's what you need to do. Go to redcrossblood.org and uh, punch in the sponsor code LHM. And uh, uh, they will guide you to uh, getting an appointment and getting set up to come in, donate some blood, quite literally save lives. This is a really, really great event. And throughout the week, Gordon, we want to take uh, a few minutes to show. We might be able to. Uh, we're uh, we're actually efforting uh, some guests to come on and talk about it. But we at least want to take some time out of the shows this week to uh, remind folks that that's going on. Redcrossblood.org sponsor code LHM goes uh, today through Friday. And uh, it's going to be 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So make an appointment, get in, and save some lives. Uh, like we were talking about last week, uh, Gordon, when Don Sterling and Greg Miller jumped on with us, you know, demand didn't really go down through all this, but donations have gone down. So they desperately need you. And it's, you can't, uh, blood has to be used within a certain amount of time. So it's not like they can put it in a jar and put it on the shelf, you know. No, and I, like don- the, I, like the way, I like the way you said that, Jake. Uh, you can do something good. To make yourself feel like you're contributing to a great cause. Yep, 100%. And maybe that'll lift your spirits. Maybe it'll help you out. Maybe it'll help you feel a little better, like you're serving other people. And that generally leads to a, a, a good, uh, solid feeling. I, uh, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I, I like your word, serving, right there. And, and there, there are a few easier, more impactful ways to serve for your fellow man than uh, donating blood. So really cool. Yeah. Uh, that uh, the Larry H. Miller Group is a part of it, and specifically here at the arena, which, uh, of course, is where the Zone Sports Network studios are located. So, again, redcrossblood.org, sponsor code LHM. Make an appointment 
and come down and donate. All right, you Gordon. Know, I, don't, I don't know how many times I've said this, probably not all that frequently in the past, Jake, but I'm going to say it now. Everybody out there, within the sound of our voices, do what Jake just said. Redcrossblood.org, sponsor code LHM, redcrossblood.org, sponsor code LHM. H-M. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. And uh, Gordon, today was a, was a difficult show. Things in the world are, are difficult. I was really happy that we could uh, discuss some of those things that are going on in the world but also, uh, you know, talk about sports and, and what's happening. It's it's unprecedented times on so many different levels. Uh, I've never experienced sports radio like this before, and I think we're all just trying to, to do our best. Yeah, and maybe sports can play a role somehow, or at least set an example of how people can come together, like Steve was talking about, that teams do. Teams that are made up of all different kinds of people from all kinds of different ethnicities and all kinds of different backgrounds, you know, come together and uh, achieve something positive moving forward. I love some of what Steve said there. I, I, I just thought it was really, really good. So maybe sports can do that, Jake. Yep. I, and maybe sports can find a way to uplift us all during these times. And, you know, I'm looking forward to covering the NBA news as the week goes along and looking forward to getting some sort of answers coming up on, on Thursday. We covered some of the, uh, you know, the stuff going on in major league soccer and major league baseball today, which isn't so positive news, but as far as the professional team that we cover the closest to Gordon with the jazz, uh, the NBA uh, is, is encouraging to me right now. Yeah, yeah. I I hope they can find a way to do it and do it safely and do it so that those who are involved in it can can find satisfaction in that and that those sports fans who are really hungry to watch some sports, you know, to uh they they, they uh, folks folks have a lot to think about right now. And every once in a while it's good to just to be able to enjoy some sports and that's always been the role uh, a primary role for uh, what we cover and hopefully uh it will be the case over the next weeks and months ahead and we found a way to to keep it light a little bit uh, today gordon we we found out that you have never had a hot pocket before never had a hot pocket and apparently i'm being shamed for that uh, uh, no there's no shame no shame i'm just well, surprised I mean, that because you know I'm a man of the people, and if the people like Hot Pockets, by golly, I should like them too. So I'm definitely going to experience that, uh, not tonight, but uh, maybe starting tomorrow. In fact, I should probably set a goal to have a Hot Pocket every day for a week. Yeah, get yourself a variety and, and really <laughs> and get in there. The steak and cheese, the ham and cheese— and what was the other the one? Pepperoni, like, the pepperoni, the, like an actual calzone, yeah. Okay. Right. Austin likes the meatball. Keep that on the list. Now, the problem with the meatball is that meatball better be good because there are a few things worse than a bad meatball. Well, again, I, I, I kind of don't want you to do this because you're just going to ruin Hot Pockets for us. <laughs> yeah, they don't come to you in the grocery store via a maitre d'. Right. You just pick them out of there by yourself. So, um, right. So you're going to... You're going to look down on it, and then Austin and I are going to have to defend it, and then uh, there's going to be some hard feelings. 
Where would you rank it on the food scale? Is it somewhere between like a, like fried bologna and uh, maybe a gourmet dog? Haven't had fried bologna. Um, and a gourmet dog is also delicious. Well, I'm going to give it a whirl, and I'm going to give it an Let objective us... review, and I will tell you what I think. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.